podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and uh, this is the first live show in which the Boneheads get to celebrate as Big 12 champions. Before we get going, remember, we are sponsored by the single greatest craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. Next time you're in Manhattan, get a Tang Time uh, Sour, get a Townie Wheat, get a House Divided uh, German Schwarz. I, guys, you, you know I can't pronounce anything, let alone these German beer names, but it's delicious. Get in there. I will hopefully be there on Sunday before the K-State basketball game. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens because I'm playing through the pain a little bit. We are are podcasting through a little bit. So I need to kick that before I uh, go to Manhattan on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, So sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Sponsored by Charlie Hustle. I am rocking my Charlie Hustle crew neck right now, just like I was for both legs of my Dallas and Indianapolis trip. Get some for all your loved ones this holiday season. Get some for yourself. I promise you will not be disappointed. All right. Uh, Champions of the Big 12, we know what we are. Uh, Absolutely still buzzing from that game on Saturday. And I think what's been even... Uh, more fun, just as much fun as seeing some of the reaction going on outside of just the K-State circle, kind of seeing the national reaction, seeing what some of the rivals have to say. We're going to talk about all of that and more. But let's get it started with my guy, Aaron. Aaron, get us started. Uh, just reaction, just, uh, you know, just reflect on that game that crowned K-State Big 12 champions for the third time. Yeah, thanks, Scott. First of all, just what a game. You know, objectively speaking, one of the better football games I've watched all season, whether it's college or pro, really a great game from start to finish. A lot of opportunities for us to kind of extend our lead and and maybe really get a handle on it. But give TCU credit. I mean, they were everything we wanted and more throughout the game. Really, the, the parallels you can draw from some of our previous seasons with obviously the goal line stand, uh, like we did, you know, down in Miami, that was really, really epic. And then obviously just throughout the game, big plays, right? Whether it's Deuce Vaughn, Julius Brintz, lots of just big plays, big moments, everything you want in a championship game with the eyes, eyes of the college football world watching, right? They can talk all they want pregame at halftime of other conference games. When that game started, the eyes of the nation were on K-State versus TCU, you love to see it. Really just a great game from start to finish. Couldn't be happier for 
Coach Kleiman, and the rest of the team. I love it. I love it. Let's next go to Coley Dub driving down there in Texas. Coley Dub, what do you got for me? No, I'm not driving yet, but I will be. Um, man, it was just just awesome. Um, definitely worth going down. And or I guess, I mean, I didn't have as far a drive as you guys, but it was worth it. It was a lot of fun. But just in the stadium, it was just crazy. The just ups and downs of the emotions in the stadium. You can just feel stuff. Just feel the momentum shift constantly because that whole game, I felt like it was something really good would happen for us, and then TCU would make a play, or something would go really good for TCU, and then we'd make a play, or it was just so back and forth. Kind of, I mean, we obviously kind of held the, I mean, we held the lead for most of the game, but it was just everything just seemed to be like right on the verge of like, oh shit, something bad, like. I don't know. Just felt like any moment, like TC could take the lead, but our guys kept making plays when they absolutely had to, and it was just awesome and very happy and still buzzing. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Let's next go to Ema Elvis, and then uh, you know anyone who is listening on the RSS feed, uh, you will hear Ema Elvis's uh, latest Christmas jingle for uh, Bosco's Boys. And then for all of you who are, who are here live, make sure you download the episode and listen to the latest Ema Elvis co- co- uh, collaboration, creation, whatever words you want to say. Uh, I, I just had a little bit of cold medicine, so, you know, I'm, I'm loopy right now. But Ema Elvis, uh, what do you got? Reflect on that game that made us the Big 12 champion. Well, I wasn't there, but I, I wish I would have traded that game for the one I went to in Fort Worth in October. Uh Man, that was something. It, it was so much fun to watch. And anybody who wasn't standing up watching TV uh, at the end of that game, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, but I, I saw a lot of reaction videos, and it, it was fun to see people's reaction, especially on the the smiling Topeka Ty Zentner kick. Uh, he got a lot of accolades, uh, even nationally, for – for how cool he was making that happen and, and being uh, an accurate uh, kicker, being the punter, pinning them deep. Uh, I, what a great game for Ty. Uh, really, really proud to, to say I'm from the same hometown as Ty Zentner. Um, but, yeah, the defense really stepped it up in the second half and just was harassing and pounding. Uh, Max Duggan, and that's why he could barely move at the end of that uh, regulation, um, and maybe why he wasn't able to score at the uh, at the end of the game either. So uh, he didn't he didn't quite have the horses to get in. Yep. No, I think those are all great callouts. Let's go next to Joel. Joel, reflect on the Big Twelve championship game, my friend. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, what I mean, what can you say? It's uh, it was one of the most beautiful days of my life. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it down, but I got to spend it with um, a lot of people that I love. So it was great. Um, the team was, dude. We looked we looked good. I mean, we had our stuff, but going back and watching that game, and I tweeted about this. Colin Klein's offensive schemes are very good. Very, very good. If you actually watch the wide receivers routes, they are 
so geniusly drawn up. He's he's going to be a very good coordinator. He's still learning, of course. He's still new. Um, but, yeah, looked really good. Deuce had a heck of a game. And, I mean, it, it's sad because he, he played so well. And at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, just Deuce went off again. That's crazy, I guess. But Max Duggan has to win the Heisman. If he doesn't, it's, it should be a crime. I, I mean, argue with me all you want. That guy is a dude. He might be Tim Tebow with a better arm, to be honest. He's just gutted that whole game out. Um, Ty Zittner, Legatron, uh, welcome to my fantasy football team for the next 30 years. Go Cats, baby. Loved it. Yeah, I love all that. I, I do want to comment. Uh, I can't reveal how I voted in the Heisman Trophy until after, uh, but I, I do want to give some credit to Max Duggan. Uh, again, I, I was just sitting there, uh, and when he got them basically – single-handedly to tie the game late uh it was uh, I had my hand in my head but but just like you said the defense comes up big Legatron Ty Zentner Topeka Ty comes up big and we're the big 12 champs uh let's go next to uh Colorado Cole Colorado Cole uh what do you got for me man what a game that was man what a game what a dramatic ending um I just can't imagine going through the motions of getting there after not being in the conference championship game since 2003 and having to walk away with a loss, feeling like we left some out to play. Um, but luckily, we don't have to feel that way. Um, I cast out some of my futures, so it was a good day for me, to say the least. Got myself a nice new PlayStation 5, so thank you to the Cats for taking care of business. Um, Also, one thing that is absolutely hilarious is all the detractors on Twitter trying to do all this mental gymnastics. We we will discuss that later, so if you have anything... Okay, I'll save it. I'll save it, Scott. If you have something good in the chamber, uh, hold on to that, because we will be talking about the uh, reaction from the outside. Okay, I'll hold on to that one, but... I mean, just what a game, um, and it's just awesome to see this team make it there. I mean, such a likable team and a, a good group of guys that seem to go to battle with each other, um, and they just they earned it more than anyone, and they won it more than anyone. And For sure. We'll go next to Hayes and then Jeff. Yeah, that game was just amazing, like everyone else has said. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to cry, throw up, or just die of a heart attack from about the fourth quarter on. Um, but it was incredible. Best day of my life. Can't believe we won that game. Side note, fuck TCU fans. I've been to every single game home and away this year, and the two worst fans are them. But we'll keep the – Whoa, congratulations to Hayes doing the 13 games uh, I came up short. I ended up going to 10 out of the 13. Uh, so shout out to Hayes. Let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, uh, what a game that was. Um, Big 12 champions. So just kind of give me your reflection on that. Game. Hey, Scott. Yeah, just a, an awesome game. A game you would expect from two top 10 teams going at it. Easily the most entertaining game of the day. Um, each team's star players making great plays, uh, defensive plays, offensive plays, special teams plays for K-State. 
just it had it all it was a truly fantastic day and game for the cats and i loved every second of it yeah it it truly was incredible and i'm i'm glad that you said uh talked about the the star players on both sides of the ball uh because you're 100% right the the biggest and brightest came out for TCU and the biggest and brightest came out for us as well and that kind of leads me into the next point I want to talk about I want anyone uh to kind of reflect on who your hero of the game was again uh it can be one of the big time stars it can be someone who you think is an unsung hero but as we're about three three and a half uh you know days removed from that game when you reflect on it who is going to be one of those players that you want to give a special shout out to and you want to make sure is remembered and celebrated on this live show. Let's start with, we'll start with you, Jeff. Jeff, who is uh, one of the uh, heroes from the game that you want to give a shout out? Oh, I guess I would have to go with, not an, I can't name an individual player, but that uh, right side of the defensive line that's stuffed that fourth down run in overtime has got to be, I mean, dog ass tired end of the game make a great play like that to pretty much just give us the win right there that that's my player of the game that's a great one let's go next to uh we'll go to colorado cole colorado cole shout out one of the heroes of the big 12 championship game yeah i'll give a shout out to vj Payne. i mean he he's a true freshman right correct so there was a point in the season where I forgot that he was a true freshman for somehow just because he seemed to just blend in like a normal, uh, you know, sophomore, junior, senior would. So shout out to him for coming in as a true freshman and getting some solid minutes, uh, not just in the championship game, but the last couple games to close. Yeah, I mean, uh, at, at one point, I think one of Derek Young's viral tweets um, was uh, two true freshmen in the secondary and then a converted wide receiver uh, who's only been practicing there for like three weeks. So that was one of those viral tweets from the game. Let's go to Joel next. Joel, uh, any uh, shout-outs for heroes of the game? Yeah, Lee Corso putting on the willy head. That was incredible. Um, no. Um, I'm going to go with Keenan Garber. How about what, – what a story that guy is. Like – I was super hyped about him coming in and didn't really do much. And I guess flips to corner, what, five weeks ago, was on scout team till a week or so ago and comes in and plays meaningful snaps and holds his own. I mean, the, it, the whole game was a storybook. It's it's literally. Yeah, I, I've uh, kind of called out that uh, at least in pregame, he's been with the cornerbacks and all that type of stuff. And, when we got in there, uh, I was telling my buddies, I was like, it looks like Keenan Garber switched his number. He might be playing. And then uh, you see him up there, out there playing. I think that has to be, regardless of what rest of his K-State career looks like, uh, that's Colt Hero status stuff right there. Uh, let's go to Coley Dub. Coley Dub, who is one of your heroes of the game? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the other uh, true freshman, I believe, Jacob Parrish. Um, I think he held his own, and he's going to be promising for the future. Um, I was going to say Keenan Garber, but previous pick was a good one. Um, it's just, it's just crazy the amount of well, it, well, one injuries we had. But I mean, this late in the season, that might be expected. But 
just a guy, just that <clears throat> step up mentality, you know, or next man up mentality, especially by such young true freshmen or, you know, even Keenan Garber, whoever else, especially in the biggest game of their lives was just insane. Very true. Let's go to Ema, Elvis, and then Hayes. I picked Deuce Vaughn. Deuce got loose, 130 yards on that 44-yard touchdown run. He told that defender to sit down and watch him run it in, and I'd be God darn if the guy didn't do it. So um, <laughs> it was a it was an incredible run, and I've watched it probably a couple dozen times. Just can't can't look away. Yeah, I, I said it on the uh, game review episode. I think I, I brought it up in the Q&A. I'm going to bring it up on this show. It's been tweeted. Uh, but that run, that juke, that is going to kind of be this game's version of the Darren Sproul screen pass. So uh, I, I think we're going to be seeing that for the rest of our lives, what a play that was. We'll go Hayes, then Aaron, and then Dow. I'm going to go with, I believe it was Damian uh... – Elalio. Yep, Manhattan uh, High, uh, All-State defensive lineman, what, his second play in the entire yes, season? <laughs> when he came in on the fourth and goal in overtime, and I was super worried when Uso went out that they would just sneak it on him or the issue would come through the nose guard, but he made a great play. He ate up a couple blocks and really helped us make that stand. That's a great shout-out. And, and I want to give a shout-out to Uso because, again – that man literally gave his leg uh, to help get that third down stop. Um, and, and then, like you said, Damian, you know, the Manhattan high mauler, uh, get in there, getting the job done, I think, like I said, I think on his second play of the entire season right there. So great shout-out, Hayes. We'll go Aaron and then Dow. Yeah, lots of good picks so far. I'm going to go with Austin Moore. I think the uh, fumble recovery in the first half was one of the more underrated, kind of forgotten plays of the game. I really thought it changed the complexion of the game, but just Austin Moore to have the wherewithal to hustle down the field, be in the right place at the right time, didn't give up on the play, scooped it up, threw up the mob sign. You'll love to see it. Austin Moore. And then we will go to uh, country music superstar Dallas. Dallas, who is your hero of the game? I don't know if it could be anybody else except for the Shawnee Heights cat, Topeka boy, Ty Zintner, Legatron. I think. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I got you, my man. Yeah, that. I mean, well, yeah, that's those punts. That's my boy. He's uh coming out of old Scarney Whites. Can't go better than that. Love him. I think you need him in a music video. I think we'll have to make another one of those pretty soon. Yeah, I think you're going to have to get him in there. That's a great shout-out. And I, I, I love that you brought it up, and Ema Elvis brought it up earlier. Uh, of course, everyone's going to remember the uh, game-winning field goal. But, man, he was so close to having, like, two different uh, punts inside the five. And then that great punt that he had when we weren't able to get a game-winning field goal in regulation, he talked about in post-game uh, uh, press conference that he's like, I can't. I can't give Doug in the ball on the 20. So he made sure that it wasn't a touchback. They downed it inside the 10. So uh, I, I love that. And I think it's even beyond that game winning field goal. So I'm glad you shouted him out. Uh, let's get Matt up here. I think he goes by fireball Matt over on cocaine. Willie, Matt, who is your hero of the game? Hey, what's up, Scott? Um, I, I would have to pick Daniel green. I thought he had, 
a, a, a huge game for us defensively. And at the end of the day, we knew that TCU, you know, their offense all season has been really, really strong. And he was out there making some big plays, some big tackles, um, and just being a leader of the defense. I think that, you know, the defense has been our strong suit all season and, and he's one of those reasons. And, you know, yet again, he, he really performed admirably against, you know, a really strong offense and, you know, obviously a guy in Max Duggan, who's going to be, uh, at the Heisman ceremony on Saturday. So I'm going to go with, uh, Deuce Green. That's an awesome one. All right. Uh, so here's one that I wanted to talk about because I think everyone who listens to this show. Uh, everyone who's participating in the live show has been able to uh, really bathe in all the fun stuff coming from K-State fans, K-State content creators. I want to give a special shout-out to the K-State football and K-State athletics as a whole creative teams putting out some absolutely amazing content from that game, as well as all the podcasts, all the subscription sites, all the beat writers, et cetera, et cetera. But now... I want either you guys to let the hate flow through you or give some roses out to folks outside of the K-State uh, you know, lexicon and how they've reacted to the game. So if you want to take shots at rivals, uh, if you want to take shots at national media, if you want to give some love to n- national media, love to some folks who are watching on the Big 12 game, now is the time to uh, let it loose. I think Cole was getting ready to, Colorado Cole, earlier. So I'm going to go to you first, Colorado Cole. Uh, get whatever's on your chest, positive or negative, about the reaction outside of K-State Nation to the game. All right. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start with the hate first. Um, so let's not forget back in 2020 when Iowa State fans were claiming a regular season conference championship title for football which was hilarious at the time um now here we are 2022 big 12 champs kansas state wildcats and through the woodwork comes mostly for what i'm seeing ku fans claiming that we're not the actual big 12 title champs we are just the big 12 title game champs now I don't know if these guys are like trolling or if they just haven't watched football in 15 years and don't know how it works, but that is hilarious to me. And I have just been seeing these KU burner accounts getting exposed on Twitter. And that's what gets me through the day. Um, now that I have the hate off of my chest, um, a few positives. I mean, look at the, ratings on that championship game that has to be huge you almost wish we (laughs) could have waited to sign our next tv contract because i mean the gap between us and the pac-12 is almost embarrassing for them um especially considering a window that many would claim a friday night window should have better ratings than 11 a.m. Saturday window with more competition. Um, So that was awesome to see. Overall, I love to see the haters try to do the mental gymnastics to detract from what we achieved. Um, And it's great to just see uh, the Big 12 doing great. Yeah, and there was still 6 million people watching the World Cup postgame show. 
that was overlapping with uh, K-State. So you have all those numbers and you still had 6 million sports fans watching something uh, opposite of the K-State game. Uh, let's go to let's go to country music superstar Dallas. Uh, any comments about whether the haters or the lovers from outside of the K State Lex? Can you hear me? All right, I just put in headphones. Yep, I got you, my man. All right, cool. Uh, man, the haters. I've been getting them from all directions on Twitter. I'm getting getting them from all directions on Twitter. I've been getting KU. I've been getting. Missouri for some fucking reason. That's uh, wild. The the Missouri fans actually I, I, I kind of expected it from KU and Iowa State, but the Missouri ones have been hilarious. Well, I went to I went to bat on this thread for I actually went to bat for KU on this thread and all these KU fans just started attacking me about K State basketball and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I <laughs> I mean none none of them you can't you can't get a win on Twitter. It's hard, but especially with people who don't know how to uh, don't know you, especially with people you can't change your minds and you're never gonna, but I, I don't know if I have too much hate to spread, but any of our rivals, they can all suck a dick. They don't know what they're talking about. That's true. And there, there's been a lot of it. We'll go caller or we'll go uh, Coley dub and then Joel. Um, I am in my car now, but I'm parked. So shouldn't have any issues. Um, not necessarily too much hate i just find it amusing and hilarious because i think i said this today is like the only reason any of these ku or iowa state fans are spewing this bullshit off is because k-state did it if it was any other team in the big 12 they wouldn't say shit about how it's just the big 12 championship game title or or not the regular season title whatever the hell they try to word it as um so i find that pretty funny um not too much hate on national media, I guess. I'm not following the right national media guys. I feel like, which in due respect, a lot of talk was mainly about, oh, well, TCU's still going to get in regardless since that game worked out the way it did, um, which they should. I mean, I agree with that. <clears throat> I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot of, like, cat talk specifically about them actually winning it. Um, I did, like, I retweeted – one of the guys from cover three that I thought was awesome, he was basically just saying how, you know, K-State has a real chance to be like the premier program in the new big 12. Um, he really, I was surprised because he even brought up how like, this is the healthiest team um, in the big 12. And he meant like, you know, as far as the culture, he said like they have the healthiest culture in the big 12, you know, they have this, they have that. And it was just really cool to see him shout us out and say how, you know, we have the chance to be the premier program in the new big 12. I love it. We'll go to uh, Joel and then Hayes. Yeah, Twitter's uh, Twitter's definitely been fun. Um, this is my favorite kind of Twitter when I literally can't be wrong. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun. The Mizzou fans have been weird. That girl off that KC Sports Network podcast, that was crazy. I miss um, that. Someone's going to have to DM that to me. Dude, it was like the longest Twitter fight, and I was kind of egging it on because I was just nervous tweeting. Um, but it was like, I can't even tell you how many tweets about freaking KU, like, like what Dallas was saying. So dumb. Um, but yeah, I watched this like British guy, like react to the game on YouTube. That was an interesting rabbit hole. I went down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Everybody seems to be half positive, half negative. 
of course, wherever you go. Um, but yeah, the on three Cole, I saw that that was a, that was a fire, fire little. All right, we'll go Hayes, then uh, Aaron, and then Ema Elvis. I've just got some little things. I was happy to see Pat McPhee finally shout out Ty Zintner like he deserves. He he was and, uh, uh, rocking the uh, cutoff Wildcat hoodie on his Instagram live story last night, by the way. That's awesome. Um, and then also, I don't know who it was that tweeted it, but <clears throat> the uh, video of Ben Sennett just ignoring the dude swearing up on him going viral was pretty cool. All right, we'll go Aaron and then Ema Elvis. Yeah, so to build on what a lot of the, the boneheads have already said, the the arrogance of some of these fan bases is just – it's truly amazing. I mean, we understand it coming from Missouri and, and from KU. You know, the arrogance is kind of baked into the university and the culture on those campuses. We all get that. But Iowa State, really? They're really going to come out of the woodwork and talk after that game? The parallels that you can draw from the 2020 season to now – are so telling the way that both coaches handled that season and built their programs over the last couple of years since 2020 tells you all you need to know about Mr. Matt Campbell and our coach, Coach Kleiman. That's all I'm going to say on that. Iowa State, get out of here. It's unbelievable to me that they're – why are they even entertaining that? Again, I get it from, from KU. You can't talk to them. They don't know what they're talking about when it comes to football. It's a completely different level from anything related to basketball. I get it. They have a great basketball program. All the respect in the world to them. They do it a certain way over there. But the difference from football to basketball, there's levels to this. It's a completely different sport. It's a completely different level. So again, I get it coming from KU, coming from Missouri, Iowa State, get out of here. Yeah, you you can tell how, uh, and and there's a a few folks nationally who are starting to pick up on it and shout out to Shahan who brought up the podcast he came on in July, I think folks are starting to realize that Chris Kleiman is the coach that everyone tried to make Matt Campbell out to be. Uh, we'll go Ema, Elvis, and then uh, Jeff, and then we'll end up with Matt. Well, imagine a college football expert working for ABC and ESPN uh, talking about how there wouldn't be much interest. We're not going to be watching that talking about the Big 12 championship game. And Paul Feinbaum is a dipshit. Uh, and I, w- I was going to say that uh, maybe we would have had 10 million viewers plus on that game if it hadn't been for him making that comment uh, and, and downplaying the importance of that game and that implying that nobody should watch it. Uh, but that would be giving him way too much credit. So... I'm not going to go there, but it was sure funny to watch him turn around after they announced that game day was going to be there and that somebody at ESPN and ABC thought it was important. Uh, and the game's on ABC. So you work for us, dude. You're going to get in line and you're going to at least act like you like it. Yeah, seeing uh, the Paul Feinbaum stuff and then only to turn around and see how great it did in the ratings – uh, that put a smile on my face. Uh, we'll go Jeff and then uh, Fireball. Yeah, just reiterate, that was mine. It was just how uh, now Paul Feinbaum has to watch us because we're playing Alabama, his his little baby. And so he's forced to watch us now. And I would like to mention on the view on the 
ratings, I believe it peaked at over 12 million, probably there at the end of the game. I saw that stat today. So some, some real big numbers for our game. So yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the most out of Paul Feinbaum having to, having to watch his beloved Crimson Tide trot out whatever second, third, fourth string team they're going to patchwork together and play us. And as for the other teams, KU, Missouri fans, who cares? They're idiots. They're so jealous. You can just feel the jealousy dripping out of the phone. So I love it. I, I actually love it. It's great. I, I, that means we're doing something right. I agree with you. And, and then just I'll editorialize one more time before we go to Matt. Uh, I would have thought that KU fans would have chilled out a little bit saying that it was K-State fans who started trolling, uh, you know, Eli Drinkwitz before even KU fans woke up that morning. You know, I think uh, a lot of folks, I think, you know, Drinkwitz specifically was talking about KU fans tweeting at him. Uh, I mean, I, K-State fans were the first ones I saw, you know, going after him, trolling him after that report from Brett McMurphy. So, you know, I, I thought I would think KU fans would uh, be nice to us and have fun with us on the Internet since uh, we were all making fun of Eli Drinkwitz. But you know what? They, they – uh, they can't even do the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's, it's quite funny. Uh, we'll, we'll end this one with Matt. Matt, what do you got for me? All right. Well, I have, I'm going to put a little bit of a personal one out there. So I have a, a good buddy who uh, I'm really good friends with from, uh, from work who happens to be a Penn State fan. And uh, all season he has chided about K-State and how the Big 12 sucks and how K-State sucks. And, you know, it gets, it's definitely funny and we give each other shit all the time. And he went to Penn State. So obviously, you know, I, we all know. Um, but uh, to see K-State at number nine in the college football playoff and Penn State at 11 really felt good for me on Sunday, um, considering that he was confident that if we beat TCU, the Big 12 sucked and TCU wouldn't make the playoff. And, Big 12 is a sham conference. All of these things he said previously. So um, for some reason, a guy who follows a team that can't beat Michigan or Ohio State on a yearly basis, um, he can go, he can shut up for once. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't see much of that, but kind of to the completely out of left field, I'm glad Joel said something in the chat. Utah fans seemingly coming out of the woodwork. Utah's AD trying to get into the Twitter fray. The, the Utah fans are an interesting group as well. Um, oh, excuse me. All right. Now uh, it, it was mentioned Paul Feinbaum is going to have to watch us as we are taking on Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. It'll be the first time K-State has ever played Alabama. First time K-State's ever gone to the Sugar Bowl. So let's get a uh, way too early Um, Not preview, but just what's your reaction to that game? Uh, What's your excitement level? Just kind of walk me through once it became official, K-State, Alabama, your emotions with that. Let's start with Joel. Yeah, first a little worried, I guess. Uh, Anytime you hear Alabama, it's kind of like hearing a gunshot go off to me. Um, But then I sat down, I kind of started thinking about it. Like, who's actually going to play? Like, who's actually, actually going to play? I don't know. How invested is Nick Saban going to be in this game compared to recruiting? I don't know. So I, I've kind of talked myself off the ledge 
And yeah, now I'm just excited. I think it's a big stage and uh, it could do a lot for the university and the athletics department. Let's go next to Mr. Ema Elvis outside of giving some inspiration for the new opening jingle. Uh, what was your reaction when it became official K-State versus Alabama? I love it. I, I think, you know, when you're playing a brand like LSU, that score will still be in the record books, you know, next week and, and 10 years from now and 50 years from now. And nobody will care about, did they play their third stringers or not? Uh, this is going to be the team, the individuals that Kleiman selected against the individuals that Saban selected. And, um, it doesn't matter. It can't be an excuse that, well, our guys aren't committed, you know, or whatever, whatever the hell they're implying when they say that we're, we're not going to play. Um, and, and our guys are seconds and thirds and not very experienced. I don't think any excuses should count and, uh, bring your team. We'll bring our team see what happens. But I, I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. And I would love to just slaughter them and put a 50 burger on them. Still waiting on that first 50 burger of the season. Uh, we'll go to Hayes. Hayes, are you going to be able to get there and go 14 for 14 on the season? Yes, sir. I will be there. Um, <clears throat> I'm super excited for it. Anytime you get to play Bama, um, just feels good. It's nice to be in the same conversation as them, especially when I think we have a pretty solid chance in the game. Um, it sort of sucks that, like, if you do win, you don't beat the full-strength Bama, but also I don't really care. Um, it's still Bama. A win's still a win, and it's honestly nice to uh, have a better chance at it. I will say this. If you look at a lot of the advanced analytics and uh, if you look at some of the charts that uh, Stats of War, Parker Fleming, uh, has put together, which shout-out to Parker. He's my buddy, although it seems like he's started blocking a lot of K-State fans. Uh, so. You know, it is what it is. Uh, K-State and Alabama uh, are occupying a lot of the same space in a lot of those efficiency graphs, a lot of those uh, strength of record positions. So, I mean, look, I don't know who Alabama is going to have out there, but this is a team. This is K-State and Alabama, have, like I said, been occupying a lot of that same space. I don't, I don't think it matters who Alabama puts out there. I think this is going to be a fun game. Uh, let's go to Aaron, and then we'll go to Colorado. Yeah, it's it's big time. I mean, there's no way to undersell this. This is a big-time matchup against the premier program really over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it's been. This is a big-time matchup. Again, what I always say is it's the cost of doing business. If you're going to go out, and I'm talking about Nick Saban, you're going to have assistants and analysts that are big names you're going to recruit players that are four- and five-star players. This is going to happen in college football. It's just a reality of the situation. So, again, everybody's going to talk about it, and rightfully so. It's it's part of the dynamic there, but that's the world we live in in college football. With that said, it's the Sugar Bowl. It's New Year's Eve. It's going to be another nice 11 a.m. slot right after all the pregame, going into the playoff matchups, a big-time opportunity on a national stage for Chris Kleiman to establish our program really in the, in the new big 12 and in the years to come big time matchup. Couldn't be more excited about the opportunity. 
We'll go next to Colorado Cole. Yeah, I was extremely excited when I saw it was officially going to be Alabama. Um, I'd much rather play an Alabama that felt like they should be in a playoff than a Tennessee team that's having their best year since 1998 or whatever. Um, It's a great opportunity, like everyone else said, to really build on that momentum from the conference championship game and – it would be awesome to just punk their ass after Nick Saban was out there twerking, trying to get Bama into the playoff. You got national talking heads talking about how Alabama is better than TCU. Well, now we got a good chance to show that the Big 12 plays big boy football, and we got a chance to beat one of the biggest brands in college football and probably someone who will go down as the greatest coach in college football history when it's all said and done. So I'm excited. I like our chances. Um, I think it'll be a good day for the Cats on New Year's. We'll go to Jeff, then Matt. Yeah, I think this is an outstanding opportunity very very excited i'm going and it's the first bowl game i've I've been to since the uh, rutgers houston bowl i don't remember what year that was Uh, 2006 Uh, right yeah it sounds about right that sucked um so i'm really excited i mean just like everyone else has said i mean we get to play alabama our name gets to be right there with them everyone be watching it i mean the this is the best possible scenario plus you know playing in a sugar bowl i mean i didn't ever think i'd be able to get to go to a sugar bowl i mean i wasn't really planning on going to a bowl this year but i mean when you get to go to the sugar bowl to play alabama you have to do it um and i just think this is a fantastic opportunity um you know barring getting blown out 55 to nothing i don't think anything bad can come of this i mean this is this is great it's a dream scenario i'm Really, really excited. I think the players will be excited. I don't care who Alabama trots out there, honestly. That's not our problem. That's their problem. Um, and I'm just this – this is just great. Great for our school, our program. It's going to be awesome. All right, we'll go to uh, Matt, and then uh, we'll, we'll get everyone's take on the uh, last three basketball games. But, Matt, what was your reaction uh, when it was official that it was going to be Alabama, and just what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I was excited for Alabama. Um, I know the last couple weeks, it there was potential, you know, LSU, which I would not have been excited about. Tennessee, I was kind of meh on that. But, you know, Alabama is obviously a name. You you know, this is a, an incredible opportunity for our program. And, and look, like, at the end of the day, this is one of the best bowl games we've seen K-State football play since, you know, we're thinking maybe the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I'm expecting that we're going to show out or the fan base is going to show out for this one. Um, you know, I, I truly think we're going to have, you know, more people there than Alabama. You know, I think we're going to, yeah. New Orleans is mostly purple because LSU and you think about it, but not, not that weekend. So, um, I'm, I'm very excited for K-State to be shown on a national stage, like the sugar bowl against a program like Alabama and, you know, I really do think we have a, a, a good chance to win. 
especially if what we're hearing with Alabama and players not potentially opting out of that game. Um, and, you know, it sounds like for K-State, we'll have hopefully everybody. So um, I like our chances. I really do. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get Dallas's uh, thoughts on this, but I'm just going to drop this little nugget on you guys based on the DM I just got. Um, not only do I think we're going to have all of our star players, I don't think any of them are going to opt out. I think uh, I think some we're going to get some very, very big-time news uh, for 2023 very soon, the 2023 football season. Uh, when it comes to star players, um, that's that's all I can say right now, uh, because it, it isn't like a stone cold cold lock. But based on the DM I, I got during this live show, um, I, I think I think I think what Chris Kleiman is building, uh, especially culture wise at K State, is paying dividends not only for this bowl game but for next season as well. Uh, so Dallas, what are your thoughts on getting to play Alabama down Louisiana for the Sugar? This is a game that K-State fans have been itching for since 2012. I've seen all the 2014 NCAA football games where everybody's putting the YouTubes on of the K-State versus Alabama, who would win, who wouldn't, all this bullshit. But Cats fans have been wanting this for a long time. I don't think Alabama fans have ever even thought of this one. But I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. And I think that the gap between the top of the top and – I don't know, the normal college football programs, kind of like K-State, has never been has never been closer than it is today. You've seen Alabama and Georgia in the SEC, the top of the SEC, struggling down the stretch at like in the last the last few weeks of the season. And I think we could beat a full strength Alabama this year. I don't think we need all these dropouts to happen and all these people opting out and transfer portals, this and that. Uh oh, I uh, you're cutting in in and out, Dallas. I'll I'll uh we'll give you a chance to talk a little uh, K State hoops right at the end, but you're cutting in and out. Uh, but the gist of what you're saying, I I think you're correct. I mean, I think we've seen uh this season there there's a lot more parity probably amongst uh, college uh, football because even Georgia, I mean, almost shit the bed versus very lowly Mizzou earlier this season. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up. We're going to finish up this live show talking about Jerome Tang in the Basket Cats. Uh, two and one over the last three, including a gritty uh, just knockout, dragout brawl victory versus Wichita State in Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, a, a game where we uh, basically blew out Abilene Christian despite playing maybe a C minus, D plus uh, quality of game. Then a rough loss in Hinkle Fieldhouse for the first real road environment that this team has faced. Uh, we'll start with Emal Elvis. Emal Elvis, what are your thoughts on the uh, last three games with Jerome Tang's K State Wildcats? Well, I was I was bummed about the Butler game, and you were there, so you you got it firsthand. But um, I, I thought we would do better there, so that was very disappointing. Uh, we've still got some work to do. Um, you know, thanks to, uh, I think, Desi Sills' block against Wichita State was the one that turned that thing. Uh, we need big plays to make that happen in, in games like that where we we just need something to get us over the hump and grab the lead back. 
and then we go. Uh, but these guys can make those kind of plays, and uh, they step up when it's time to step up. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that block that Desi Sills had, Sports Center Top 10, uh, the triple alley-oop uh, play, Sports Center Top 10. Uh, and I think, you know, almost every game we've had, we've had some sort of dunk or play that's ended up on Sports Center Top 10. So uh, that's an, another fun thing to pay attention to as the season goes on. Uh, we'll go to Hayes next. Hayes, uh, did you make it out to Indianapolis since you're such a traveler as well? Did I just miss it? Uh, unfortunately I did not make Indianapolis, but, um, we were just talking about hoops, right? Just talking about, yeah, yeah. Just the last three games. So just kind of thoughts on, uh, you know, the Butler game and the two, uh, victories, uh, going two and one. And, and honestly, it's not just the Abilene Christian game. I think we've gone two and one. And I I don't think, uh, if you grade the last three games, you could give it better than a C, C minus. And, uh, I think, you know, coming out of those two and one, I think that's pretty impressive for how relatively uh, we've played. Yeah, the uh, Butler game was obviously pretty disappointing. Um, I got to a point where I thought we just weren't going to make a run, and then we did cut it to five, but that was all she wrote. It went right back to a blowout. Um, I didn't get to watch much of WSU. All I wanted was a win. Um, obviously, the manner in which we did it was a little disappointing, but um, – I just wanted to beat those assholes, and we got that done. And then uh, Abilene Christian obviously started weird, but I do love the fight in this team that um, we always seem to have something. There's there's like never a point in a game where you feel out of it because they've shown time and time again that they will make a run, um, and only one time did that run fall short. So all in all, it, it's been all right, like you said, to go two and one out of that. Um, no reason to uh, be upset. I hear you. Let's go next to Aaron. Aaron, thoughts on the last three games going two and one for Jerome Tang in the wild? Yeah, definitely a mixed bag. I think, uh, you know, at this point in the season to only have one loss, I think is, you know, probably above expectations if we're being honest. Um, I think our team, you know, it's it's an exciting team. We've seen that throughout the the season so far. The offensive struggles in the first half are a little bit concerning. You know, it seems like we take a little bit of time to come out of the gate. But, again, looking at a non-conference schedule, we've beaten some quality teams. You know, I know Cal is is not anywhere close to what we thought they might be. But teams like Nevada, LSU, you know, even Wichita State might work their way into kind of that quad two, quad three range. So we've, we've got a couple of nice wins already. I think at this point in the season, it's all you can expect with, again, a couple of other good non-conference games. And then the Big 12 schedule is going to be a grind. We all know that. So I, I think, again, above average, definitely a good start to the season so far. Yeah, I'm not turning my nose up at 8-1 and one, one bit. Uh, we'll go Colorado Cole next. Colorado Cole, 2-1 uh, and one over the last three, 8-1 and one, uh, at the non-con. We have three more non-con games before things get hot and heavy with West Virginia on New Year's Eve. Uh, thoughts on the last three? Yeah, I mean, it sucks to uh, drop one in a game where we just did not look good at all, really. Um, And just when it seemed like we're finally making a push, they pulled away pretty quickly. Um, But all things considered, I'd say that's to be expected with a first-year coach with 
two returning players. So uh, looking at the bigger picture, I can't be too picky about where we're at. Um, really happy to see Gasson step up last game, last night. Uh, kind of seemed like we were needing one more guy that could step up and put up some good numbers on any given night. Um, so I think this team will continue to improve and find their groove a little bit. Uh, hopefully their game will elevate as the competition gets better through conference play. And I'd also just like to give a shout out to Keontae. I mean, two years removed from playing a real basketball game and he seems to just come in and hit the ground running. So I think, uh, he will also elevate his game as the season goes on, and I think there's real potential there for him to make a lot of noise in conference. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think that game in Kansas City versus Nebraska is going to be a massive one because they're much better than I expected them to be. Uh, we'll go to Jeff next. Jeff, thoughts on the uh, last three basketball games? Uh, yeah, they weren't the prettiest of games to watch and certainly disappointed with the loss, but – all in all, you really can't complain. I was at the Wichita State game, and that was just, I don't know, to me it felt really weird. Like everyone was so high from the football game still, and it wasn't the same. It was a good crowd, you know, uh, a good student turnout, but it just didn't have that same uh, anger level that Bramlage can get. I think everyone was just, really content with the with the football win and whatever was going to happen that game was going to be okay but I think you know you would take eight and one in a Cayman Islands uh, tournament trophy if if someone offered that to us before the season started so I don't think we can complain too much and hopefully these next three weeks we just continue to get better and I, I think we'll we'll uh, make some noise when we get to conference Yep, I, I'm ready for that game. I, I don't think I will be down at the Sugar Bowl. Uh, if that ends up going the way it, it's it's seeming like, I will be in Bramlage for that game versus West Virginia. And I, I'm excited to see how this team handles the gauntlet that is the Big 12. Uh, let's go to Fireball Matt, and then we'll give Dallas a try uh, before we uh, end this with a uh, Christmas question to end the show. But, Matt, thoughts on the uh, 2-1 and one run in the last three games? I don't think there's too much to complain about uh, overall. Um, the Butler game, we definitely looked a little outmatched, to say the least. Um, I would say that was probably – I mean, Scott, you were there. I don't know. I, I, I always think of Hinkle Fieldhouse as a, a good environment for college basketball. And, um, you know, for us, I feel like – that was, you know, out of the, you know, we've had two road games and Cal has no environment whatsoever. So I like to think that this game, albeit it was a big loss, will prep us for Big 12 play when we do go on the road. Um, but, I mean, the Wichita State game was a little rough. Last night's game was a little rough, at least in the first half. But you see those flashes. You see the athleticism of this team and how, you know, defensively they can play. Um, and I think that's going to keep us in a lot of games this season. Um, so, I, you know, I'll take two and one at this point for the last three. And with only one loss in non-com play so far, I, I think we, we don't have too much to complain about. Yeah, it, it was a good atmosphere. And I, I think Butler has some stupid great record in non-conference home games. 
in Hinkle Fieldhouse. And, and I'm glad that they got that game uh, kind of under their belt because there are some pretty good environments in uh, the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech is going to be rocking. We all know what Allen Fieldhouse uh, can get like. Um, I think Hilton's overrated, but again, a tougher environment than Cal. Uh, so I'm glad that they did get that game. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Dallas. Dallas, we'll give you a try. Just thoughts on the last three games for Jerome Tang and Co. They made me a little bit worried about Big 12 play and going into that and stepping into tougher competition. But uh, I, I can't complain. I'm still totally excited about the season. Uh, my excitement level for Jerome Tang. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. My excitement. All right, good. My excitement level for Jerome Tang and the new boys is still at a fever pitch. I haven't, I haven't come down from that at all. I just, I'm a little worried about Big 12 play. I think is kind of the big point that I'm trying to get across. Yeah, I, I hear you on that one. Uh, and they'll be here before you know it. Again, we have three non-conference games left, and that Nebraska game is going to be a tough one inside the T-Mobile Center in. Uh, Kansas City, and then, uh, you know, we, we'll still have Florida in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. That will be the final year for the Big 12 SEC Challenge as well. Um, all right, let's uh, end this. You know, it's Christmas season, so I'm curious for the Boneheads, what is the, if you could only watch one Christmas movie uh, every year, what movie would you choose? We'll start with Ema Elvis. Sorry. Uh yeah, you caught me off guard there. <laughs> a Christmas movie that I would want to see every year. Come back to me. I'll come back to you. Hayes, what do you have for me? I guess I'll go with uh, Polar Express. That one's always a good one. That's on my list of ones. You know, I see, I, I'm asking the questions. I have like a list of 15, and I haven't even gotten started on them, but Polar Express is on my list. Uh, we'll go to Aaron. Aaron, you get one for us of your life. What do you choose? Yeah, there's only one right answer to this question. A Christmas story. I mean, it's a great one. It is probably the classic also on my list. Uh, we'll go with uh, Colorado Cole. Uh, Scott, I think I'm going to go with uh, Die Hard. I watched Die Hard for the very first time last year. And I kept going back and forth whether or not it was a Christmas movie or not until the very end uh, when it ends with like Chris, some sort of Christmas song at the end. So uh, I went back and forth on that one. But, yes, it is a Christmas movie, I believe. Uh, we'll go with Jeff. I will go with uh, Christmas Vacation. You bud. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, mute button. Uh, that That's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, I think it's probably my dad's favorite. I only own like eight movies, and Christmas Vacation is one of them. Uh, we'll go to Fireball Matt next. Yeah, I have to say Christmas Story. watch it every year. It's my dad's favorite movie. Um, so I always watch it every year with the family whenever I uh, fly back to New York. That's a great one. Dallas, thank you for calling out the mute button. What is your favorite uh, Christmas movie? If you only get one, uh, I love the uh, I love the Christmas Story, but to be different, I I love Elf. I love Elf. I know a lot of people call it overrated and don't think that Will Ferrell's funny or something, but love Elf. I think it's hilarious. 
and I'm a little bit of shout out. I'm really excited to see. There's two new ones coming out that I haven't seen yet. The spirited one. I'm pretty. I'm pretty jacked about that. And then there's an R-rated one that I can't think of the name of right now. It's coming out this year too. If it hasn't already come out. Yeah, the the one where like Santa like beats up the home robbers or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, Violent Night. Yeah, I'm going to see that in theaters. There you go. And I watched Spirited on uh, the plane ride uh, back uh, from Dallas uh, up to Kansas City. Loved it. You'll have to let me know what you think. I loved it. I loved it. Um, All right, and then we'll go – we're coming back to Emile Elvis. Emile Elvis, you only get one. What is it? Home Alone. That's a great one. I that that is not one I watched uh, growing up. I watched it for the first time a few years ago. Uh, Home Alone one is very good. I I could you know I, I don't need to see two. Home Alone one. Good, very good, good memories of that. Watching it with the kids years ago, and then uh, we dragged it out the last couple of years. Uh, you know, look for it and and play it on uh, Christmas morning or the day after Christmas uh, the last couple of years too. So we'll probably do it again this year. Awesome. Well, that is all we have, uh, everyone. Uh, during this holiday season, uh, it's it's the time of giving. So if you have the means, please consider giving to a charitable cause that is near and dear to your heart. Um, what, what a time. What a time to be alive. Big 12 champions, you know, champions of the Big 12. We know what we are. Thank you to all the boneheads. Thank you to everyone who rocked with us all football season long. Uh, I think we will have a show with Derek Young dropping Friday morning. Hasn't been recorded, so I hope I didn't jinx it. Um, Yeah, so that's all we have for this live show. So for the Boneheads, for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world, we love you guys and go Cats. The pilgrims have left us, the thanks are all given. Black Friday is here, decorating's begun. By tomorrow, the malls will have snow freshly driven. We've got 31 days to Christmas. To Christmas. Although it seems early to me. To Christmas. Outside, it's like 50 degrees. To Christmas. The leaves, they still cling to their trees. There's a chill in the air, a spice latte is calling The Starbucks cups turn into red like the leaves We should think about shopping, but instead we are stalling We've got 24 days to Christmas To Christmas Open a bottle of wine To Christmas December, our favorite time To Christmas Unveil a new corporate design Thank the baby Lord Jesus that now we've got Amazon. We've got seven whole days to Christmas. To Christmas. Good Lord, where has all the time gone? To Christmas. The gift will be dependent on. To Christmas. Which spa is offering a group hug? We've got seven whole days to Christmas. Christmas Eve's finally here. 
and hot toddies we're drinking. The stockings are hung with the utmost of care. Somewhere in the night we hear carolers singing. It is just one night till Christmas. To Christmas. Raise a glass while we all cheer. To Christmas. Fill it with whiskey or beer. To Christmas. It's the most fun time of year. Sixty-five days to Christmas. Now the big day is past and we sit here perplexed. Post-holiday blues are upon us right now. So with nothing to drink to, we look toward the next. Hmm. Carry the one. It is only six days to New Year's. <laughs> to New Year's. We all thought the party was done. To New Year's. Then along comes the year's biggest one. To New Year's. I'm sure that we'll have much more fun. We got six days. To New Podcast Network.